Good morning, Goss. It is good to be with you again. Um, after all these months and years, even, um, I bring you greetings from Jan. Uh, Jan is partly the reason that I'm here today. Uh, she's a Cuyahoga Falls girl that uh, I met in college and immediately fell in love. And three years later, we were married. And then our first son was born uh, at City Hospital. Our uh, daughter was born at City Hospital. Jan had been born at City Hospital. Uh, so I feel like I'm an adopted Buckeye uh, coming in from other places. My, my parents were missionaries in Colombia and Ecuador. I was born in Colombia, raised in Ecuador. And so when I married Jan, uh, we were kind of looking for a home, and, and um, Akron seemed to be the place. And uh, we became members of Stowe Alliance Fellowship, and from there we went out as missionaries. In 1972, when we first arrived back as adults to the Akron area to teach at CBCA, I met the Bellmans and also Pastor Bennett, I think it was, who was teaching um, Moody classes at CBCA at night, and I took some of his classes. And I think he was the pastor that preceded Lee Bellman as senior pastor, something like this. Uh, might have that mixed up a little bit as far as the years, but uh, more or less. And then in 1976, when we, Jen and I and our family went to Ecuador as missionaries, uh, Goss was behind us uh, uh, strongly, forcefully, graciously, and we have uh, felt a part of the Goss family ever since. And uh, I bring greetings from Jan. She's out visiting. Uh, we're just gonna be here a few more hours before we head off to Indiana. You know how these missionary tumbleweeds are. They just keep keep moving and moving. And um, so she's uh, doing important visits uh, this morning. But she sent greetings. Our kids, our three kids, um, I mentioned our two that were born here at City Hospital and then our third was born in, in Ecuador. So we have our three and then we have nine grandkids and uh, we're grateful to the Lord. And they sent greetings. Now, I remember one event when we were here and the kids were little and we were sitting more or less back there and just before us were the Couts, the whole family of Couts. And so then they were, uh, during that event, they were saying, Okay, now the couch will come and sing. And we had prepared a little number that we usually did, uh, English and Spanish, very quick, easy to, to learn. And being that my name is Sparrow, uh, some people confuse me for a singing sparrow, but I'm not. I'm an English sparrow. Uh, so the, the, the kids knew that we were not singing sparrows. And Jan knows. So as soon as the couch came up, and gave their number. <laughs> I looked down the row, and everybody's looking over to me and saying, "Nope, we're not. <laughs> we're not going. We can't follow that act." And so I had rebellion in the ranks right here. I don't know the fifth or sixth row back. There was rebellion in the ranks right there. So good memories here at Goss, and others that were kind of like shaky, I would say. Um, but the Lord has been good to us through Goss, and so I bring greetings to Goss from our family. 
I also bring greetings to Goss from many people around the world. They don't know you personally, but they know of you because they know that you and people like you sent us as missionaries. Now, our main ministry has been for uh, most of our time as missionaries has been in leadership training, discipleship, seminaries, Bible institutes, um, preparing curriculum, these kinds of things, preparing the church. OMS is primarily a church planting uh, mission. Uh, we do many other things, but the main thing that we exist for is to plant churches in indigenous places so that the indigenous people of those places will become the church leaders. And so as I go to these different places, mostly to Ecuador, but other places as well around the world, um, I share with them. Uh, in fact, one time we were in a little Bible study with youth in a, in a rural area. And so I gave a little basic presentation about the need for missionaries. These were Ecuadorian junior high and high schoolers uh, with a couple that would invite them in. They were neighborhood kids and uh, some from the church, but others not church. And they were invited in weekly for these studies. And uh, it, was a, it was really a dynam dynamic group, some believers, some not believers. And after my little presentation, I said, now, do you have any questions? And one girl, she must have been maybe 12 or 13, something like that. She said, now, you're a missionary. And uh, I said, yeah, that's what I do. And she said, how do you get money to do that? And that just floored me. Because even most adults don't ask that question. Uh, they just, I guess, assume that something and something and something, you know. But this girl somehow just had that interest. And so I explained to her. I, exp I explained that people like you here at Goss give sacrificially to see that missionaries get out and present the gospel around the world. Because uh, we heard in the last hour, Pastor Kevin uh, give a, a reading from scripture talking about all nations. This is, a, this is a thing for all nations will come to the temple. And uh, this, is, this is something that was given back to Abraham way back in Genesis uh, 12. The first few verses of Genesis 12, going back that far, about 4,000 years ago, this all nations or all peoples idea. Well, that's what our missionaries, your missionaries do. Locally, as we heard from the great example of, of evangelistic training right here locally, to the ends of the earth. Why, why should some people not hear the gospel? Well, today, there are many opportunities for people to hear the gospel. And um, those ways are changing. Uh, sometimes we need to catch up with what is communicating and what doesn't communicate. 
what communicated a few years ago because of the situation in those days, the people in those days, the cultures and so forth, it was different than maybe today. Things come into our existence that change things. And one of the uh, common themes that I've been hearing uh, from last night and today are, are the changes. Missionaries are known to be missionaries because missionaries go cross-culturally. That's the idea. Cross, that, that differentiates a, an evangelist or, uh, or another kind of a teacher. Or, if you go cross-culturally, a different culture, even if it's the same language, or it could be a different language, where you go to a different culture, and I'm, I'm hearing from even the newbies this morning, they went on and on about cross-cultural coming back home. <laughs> Reverse culture shock. And so this is, this is a natural thing about the church. Why? Because the church is about all nations, all people. And so we are not restricted in that way. Now, the world tries to restrict us, perhaps, uh, but God has a way. And sometimes things change that we didn't expect. It can be an illness, it can be a tragedy, it can be an invitation, it can, many things, negative, positive, neutral, things that can change. And now the virus has hit the world. The world is changing in part because of the virus and might not ever be exactly the same as pre, even with, with vaccines and whatever. I don't know. I don't know what the world's going to look like post-pandemic. But um, the world has changed. And so uh, there are negative things about it and positive. And one thing that we heard this morning uh, in, the, in, in Germany, uh, how that... Um, one of the groups uh, came together, part of them would never come to a church, but because of their loneliness from the, from the virus, they were invited, so they went to a home meeting. You know, and so you say, wow. You mean the virus aided and abetted into the evangelism uh, and uh, the internet and so forth. Many, many examples we can see about this. And one of the things that uh, strikes me is that God is working. And we see that in John chapter 5, one example of many. But it's explicitly stated there. Now, I won't take time to read um, John 5. You know, you're familiar with John 5. John 5 is a, is a wonderful chapter. All of John is a wonderful book. But... Chapter 5 talks about uh, a healing pool at Bethesda near the Sheep Gate, which in the old city Jerusalem today, um, on what we, we would consider the North Gate, which isn't used a whole lot, near that there's like a plaza, which is considered Bethesda, but really the actual Bethesda that was there in the time of Jesus would have been many feet under that, of course. But um, 
uh, and maybe in a different location, you know, a little bit different location. We're not sure about that. But this place is called Bethesda. You can see it on a map of Old City Jerusalem. It leads into a, a guard control area into the Wailing Wall area. So it's, it's used quite a bit. Well, that is traditionally the location for this event. Now, that's um, one healing pool. Contrast John chapter 9, you know that story. This is the, the one born blind. And the disciples come and say, Jesus, who sinned? You know, <laughs> even with this pandemic, there's a lot of pointing the finger. You know, hey, hey, who, <laughs> who's to blame? Who do we? It's always so much fun to cast blame, isn't it? This little finger comes out and, <laughs> and, um, and that's what the disciples were doing. They were saying, they were saying this, blind, this blind person here, who's to blame? His sins are the sins. Of, and so Jesus, no, no, no. And he told him, you know, he did his work, and then he sent him to the pool of Siloam, which is on the opposite end of Jerusalem. And that, that pool is still there. There's a little garden there. Uh, it's going out the bigger gate, which the gate of Joppa, which kind of is uh, southwest out of the old city. And going down into the ravine, there's a big park area, and, and that pool is still there where the John chapter 9 blind person was healed. And so the contrast of these two chapters is the stories are remarkable. I, I, I urge you to look at how God works in such different ways with different people, using different means to reach people, to teach people to draw people, um, I mentioned earlier in the, the talk about greetings that I bring. Well, God also is greeting you <laughs> through his word. And he also draws you to pray. And in my life, I don't know how it is for you, but I find myself praying more because of the virus. <laughs> I, I'm... I'm Number one, I have more time to pray. Number two, I have a lot more reasons to pray. Uh, or I pay attention more to reasons, I suppose, is a better way to put that. So these are, these are amazing days, and God keeps changing uh, the approach to people to reach people's hearts. And uh, he uses all these means. And I, I commend Goss for using so many methods. You look over the missionary uh, enterprise that you have currently, not to mention the generations past. Gwen is a second generation Goss missionary. And I, I was astounded by that last night. That's, you have MKs here. I see Diane here and others, you know. Um, you know that God has worked and he is working and that's exactly what Jesus said to these people who were saying, how dare you work this way? You are forbidden to do this. And Jesus replies to them that his reply to them about God is working to this day and I work too. He was here on a mission, Jesus was, from God, sent from God for all nations. And that's what we heard about in Matthew 28. 
explicitly stated. A different version I saw up there, but, uh, uh, you know, the idea of Jesus sending out his disciples. You and I, the disciples, followers of Jesus, we are part of this to all nations. And Goss has been faithful in that. Um, the scenario changes, the methods change, but, and then probably the next generation of missionaries that come out of Goss will be doing different things a little bit differently maybe. Uh, I don't know how that will be, but uh, God is working and uh, he will continue to work. That's his work. His work is to reach the world and he uses us to do it. And one of the things that I've noticed is that is that the, the look of the church is changing. Uh, we'll, you'll find that Centuries past, say in the time of William Carey and, you know, 1700s, 1800s and those years, um, missions were very different than they are today. And one of the most notable things about, the mission, about missions today is you have a lot of what we would call national missionaries. So that now... Uh, one a part of my work has been in Haiti. There are two Haitian brothers who are getting prepared to go to Africa as missionaries from Haiti. Who would have ever thought that? Haiti, sending out missionaries. I mean, this is like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, we just, uh, OMS just commissioned the first Haitian president of our seminary uh, in Cape Haitian. And uh, so around the world, we're seeing this phenomenon. Some countries send out more than others. India sends out many missionaries. Brazil sends out many missionaries. Um, I don't know if years ago you, he you heard about the China Back to Jerusalem movement. This was a Chinese Christian-born movement to send missionaries westward from China, further westward, further westward, further westward to get to Jerusalem. That was this was birthed by, as far as I know, by Chinese. This has been going on for decades now. This movement. Uh, the church is changing. Missions are changing. One of the joys that I have is to see how that people that I used to teach or uh, that I knew about, uh, those nationalities going to places where I cannot go. There are countries where Americans, you can only go maybe as a tourist for a short period of time. Or maybe not even that. Same thing with Western Europeans. Uh, but Filipinos, where can't they go? I mean, you go around the world and you'll find probably Filipinos wherever you go. Same with Chinese. Where can't they go? Where can't Colombians go? Where can't Venezuelans go? Venezuelans can go places that most other nations can't. 
They've got friendship with, with Iran. They've got friendships with, with uh, North Korea. Venezuela does. Um, I mean, Venezuela's going through a hard time, but they have a strong church in Venezuela. I know I've been there. The believers in Venezuela are amazing. So they can go where we can't many, often. Uh, I went to a Middle East country to follow up on a, uh, some students that I had uh, from another country. I won't say where it was or where they came from <laughs> because I don't know where this is going to end up as far as news. But I was astounded at the work these folks were doing that no American, I don't think any American could do what they're doing. And here they are, very effective. You would not believe how effective they are. Remember, um, remember the story of the Syrian general uh, who had leprosy? And, um, and he was told, how did he find out about the prophet in Israel? Through a little girl servant, a Jewish little servant girl. That reminds me of what a lot of missionaries are doing today around the world. Factory workers, domestic workers, child caregivers. Um, they, they, they have a way into homes that would be totally opposed to anything that we see here. And here this believer is in this home or in that business. And so praise God that he's working. What Jesus said here to the religious elite who had their one formula, they had a formula. You know the formula. And Jesus came against that. And he showed them what that formula was doing he taught against that formula, and he was saying, I mean, I would say it sarcastically. He didn't, but he was saying, essentially, you don't want me to work. Well, God working, and I worked, and I worked too. And this is the work of Goss. You have opposition here at Goss. We won't go into the detail, but there is opposition to Goss to what Goss does, to the members of Goss. Out there, close by and far away, there's opposition. I think Jesus might be saying something similar to you. And that is, my father is working, and I am too. And he probably would add on, thank you, Goss, for all you're doing. I'll do more. There's a lot of people to reach. We've got, a, we've got a world to reach. And so I, I give you that as a challenge, as, a, as, a, as a, an update of what we're doing, what we're about, but mostly what God is doing uh, in these days. It's, um, it's exciting and it's challenging. And this weekend, as I heard the other three couples share, and um, 
even the testimony of evangelism class this morning. I was just challenged. There is so much to do. Sometimes after 45 years on the mission field, I feel like I'm just starting, <laughs> you know? There might be some that say, you know, the old times statement, well, well, old feller, uh, a new broom sweeps clean. I don't know if you've ever heard that. And the reply, of course, from the old timer is, you remember? I think the old timers just don't want to identify themselves. The reply from the old timer is, yeah, but the old broom knows where to sweep. <laughs> you know, we need both. We need the energy, creativity of the young, the new, and we need the experience and uh, the background and I hope the spiritual fortitude because the old timers should have weathered some storms. That maybe the newbies, not the newbie couple, but the new ones of us, uh, may not have weathered any storms of that kind. But a storm comes your way, what are you going to do with it? Well, maybe you want to talk to some of the old folks. Because maybe they've gone through something. At least, I would hope, the old folks would know to pray. You know, that's one thing I've learned as I've go gotten older too. That uh, because God is working and Jesus is working and the Holy Spirit is working and he has a plan for all nations, I need to rely on him and go to him earlier instead of last resorts. Earlier I should go to him and put myself in front of him and say, Lord, what about this? How do we do this? Could you send workers into your harvest field? And so I ask you, are you one of those workers being called into the harvest field? Because God is working and Jesus is working. Why not join them? They are the creators for crying out loud. Why wouldn't you want to join them in what they're doing? It'd be silly to do our own little agenda over here, wouldn't it? When the creator of the universe says, this is my heart for all nations. <laughs> so let's join together and get this task going. Push it forward, however it's going to look. Lastly, before the pastor comes, lastly, maybe there's somebody here who doesn't know Jesus. Well, this is the time to do that. You know, talk to some of the folks around here at Goss who know Jesus and uh, talk to them and say, hey, I want to know about this Jesus is working. <laughs> I want to I know him. I want to believe in him. What better day to do that than the 18th of October, 2020? You know, this is a great day to turn your life over to the Lord. Why not? Whether you're young, whether you're not so young, Today might be the day. So God bless you. Thank you for your prayers. And um, may God bless Goss in the years to come. You're, you're, 
Your best days are ahead of you.